When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm PJ Doran. This week, we have Corey Alexander as our guest. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Tickets, info, and complete 2021 schedule at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets. Don't miss a minute of the action, practice, qualifying races, and video on demand with Moto America Live Plus streaming. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have results from AMA Outdoor Motocross, Bud's Creek, Maryland in the 450 class. Dylan Ferrandez takes it home with a 2-1, finishing first over Ken Roxon, who went 1-2, so Olympic scoring made him first followed by Eli Tomac in third. So your red plate holder now in the 450 class continues to be Dylan Fernandez. He's really taken a commanding lead on the series. It's great to see a rookie winning that series. And Ken Roxon sitting in second, and Eli Tomac third in points. In the 250 class, Jeremy Martin takes it home with a 3-1, followed by Jet Lawrence, who finished 2-2 on the day. And Justin Cooper, who won the first moto, takes home fourth for third overall with a 1-4. Your 250 class standings, Justin Cooper continues to be your red plate holder with 367 points, followed by Jet Lawrence, who's just three points back, and Jeremy Martin sits in third with 307 points. In AFT, we had the 74th running of the Peoria TT. In the Super Twins class, the big boys, J.D. Beach, came out on top of uh, Briar Bauman and Jared Meese. In production, Twins, Dan Bromley on top of Ben Lowe and Jesse Janish. Making your overall in Super Twins, Briar Bauman on 217 points, Mies on 192, and Robinson on 179. In World Superbike from Navarra, Spain, Race 1 had Scott Redding on top of Jonathan Ray and Top Rock Razgatlioglu. In Super Pole Race, we had Scott Redding on top of Ray and Razgatlioglu again. And in Race 2, mixed it up a bit, Razgatlioglu in first over Redding and Ray. That makes your overall standings right now. Top rack, Razgatlioglu on top with 311. Tied on points is Jonathan Ray with 311 as well. And Scott Redding in third with 273 points. In other Moto News... We regret to inform you of the passing of Linda Hopkins, 71 years old, on August 20th. Additionally, rest in peace to racer Yvonne Duhamel, famous road racer, father of Miguel Duhamel, amazing racer. He passed away this week as well. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is... Who was the first American to win the International Six Days Enduro? Name the rider and the year. The answer to that question after our interview with Corey Alexander.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We'd like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto today, Onos HVMC Racing Racer, Corey Alexander. Welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time for us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. So you've had a pretty good year, it would seem. You're fighting for the lead in the Superstock 1000 class, and you're definitely holding your own in the Superbike category as well. You've got three wins this year. How's it going, man? You're fighting for it. You've had some impressive wins. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh it's been up and year, uh, up, up and down year, you know, with racing. Uh, that's kind of, if you could win them all, you would, but it, it very rarely goes that way, you know. So new bike being on the 2021 Kawasaki ZX10RR this year has been been a little bit of a learning curve. So that's been our biggest our biggest kind of trouble, I guess, if you will, is is really just getting the bike to work everywhere. You know, we showed up to certain tracks and it works it works really well. In other places, we've had to do quite a bit more work to try to understand how to make it make it work well so but yeah overall it's been been a great year seems like you and jake lewis are going you know head to head and your three wins to his four i mean you guys it's going to come down to the wire i mean what do you think your chances as uh, these last couple rounds come through yeah i mean the the unfortunate part is they're only single round races so that makes it a lot more crucial to really make sure we maximize our points the last two rounds for me have been some of the most difficult races i've had in in, uh, in a few years so that really hurt us, but, um, you know, I'm optimistic. Jersey's my home race. So I've got a lot of kind of momentum going into there and really excited for that, obviously. And then Barber, you know, we did, we did pretty well that last year. I think it's up in the air. It could go either way, but uh, for me, we're doing everything on our end that we possibly can. So speaking of latest rounds, you've had some challenges, but what did you think of that Brainerd race overall? It was what struck me when coming there as a fan and I had been there decades ago. It definitely, was different. Uh, you had the hot pit in one area, start finishing another. Did that pose any real problems for you racers? No, I mean, I think logistically for the team, you know, they had to walk a little bit more and, and it was a little bit, you know, out of, out of the ordinary, which you kind of get in a, in a routine uh, of what you do at each track and kind of have a, a guy that does this and the guy that does that kind of thing. And we had to change that around a little bit. But other, other than that, I mean, it, it honestly, the track the track itself was probably the biggest hurdle to overcome was just kind of the difference in, you know, you have the, obviously the first section is really fast and flowing and really open. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden you're in the section where it's really tight and you got some walls and, and things like that. So really overcoming that and, and the difference in track services and, and uh, whatnot. But otherwise, you know, the facility is, is cool. It's a really cool place to be. The fans are, you know, super enthusiastic and obviously it was a good turnout. So that side of it's awesome. For me personally, I, I struggled with uh, with some of those those tighter sections and getting our bike to work in them. And I, from a safety aspect, there's there's obviously always little things that could be done differently. But I think overall, it was a great track for us to go to, and that region I think needed it. You know, absolutely, it needed it, and the turnout was amazing for it being a returning event. You know, this they hadn't had a race of this caliber on that track. You know, they've had local races, club races. It was a big change for them, and. 
it looked wonderful. How was the from the from the starting line down to ter- down to two? That was the most similar to the old tracks of old that were at Brainerd. Yeah, you know, uh, I actually I walked the track with Jason Pridmore, you know, the day prior, and he was kind of taking us for a walk down memory lane. <laughs> so we got to look at it, and he, he kind of gave us some stories about back in the day. But yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed the whole the whole first section. Really, the first three segments of that track were were really really fun until you kind of got to that makeshift chicane, and then uh, and then that last little split there on the front straightaway, leading up to the front straightaway rather was was different. It was a little bit more uh, first gear on a big bike with with things like that are are not the most fun or, or flowing, but it's part of it. It's just a racetrack. You got to get around it as fast as you can and and uh, make the most of it. But I think if they could, you know pave it in the future or something like that and, and help with some of the car bumps and things like that. It would be really, really a great circuit. I don't know if there's any way to, to get rid of that chicane. Cause other than that, I mean, I think you could do pretty well with the rest of the track. It's really just that chicane that kind of disrupts the rhythm a little bit, you know? Corey, you mentioned Jason Pridmore and I know you've done some coaching in the past with, with uh, his program. Is he helping your race program this year? Is that, is that part of your deal? Jason goes back with my uncle uh, in the 90s. They were teammates, and, and then my uncle helps kind of run the star school back then with Jason. And so, you know, I, I actually really, Jason taught me how to ride. I've known him since I can remember. So <laughs> he's really more like family than anything. But yeah, he, he helps me all around. And obviously at the races, um, he, he, he does what he can. It's tough for him to kind of be a rider coach truly at the racetrack because he's got his own job to do with the TV stuff. But, you know, every night we, we get on the phone and kind of run through whether I'm struggling or, or not, you know, we kind of run through strategies and, and just kind of what I'm thinking and, and stuff like that. So he, he's definitely obviously has a ton of experience and all around just a good guy to, to have in my corner for sure. But on the teaching side, I do a lot with him um, throughout the year, but particularly in the off season, you know, we spend a lot of time out in California together at Chuckwalla Valley Raceway. It's just been usually three weeks every month, three weekends rather every month we're out there teaching and, and they're booked up. There's me, Michael Gilbert, JP and, Andrew Lee sometimes and we'll, we'll have, you know, five different coaches with five different students each day. Uh, it's, it's blown up like crazy out there. So it's been really good for us, but it's a way to do something during the winter, keep me on a bike and also make a little bit of money, you know? Do you guys get together and go ride, uh, end of, end of training sessions? Do you guys, uh, do any other riding as a group or is it pretty focused on the school? Yeah. I mean, uh, at, at the end of the day, we, we get some free time to ride with each other, but honestly, the, the CVMA series, which is, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but CVMA is Chuck Wall is kind of, it's a track owned race series, um, that they run there every, every month. They've got kind of a, a race throughout the whole entire winter. So that's kind of our time. Uh, we, you know, we work, we work really hard all, all week prior and then a couple of weeks leading forward to that. And then once CVMA comes around for the month, we actually get to go out and race on our race bikes or whatever we've got to ride at that point. And that's kind of when we go out and, and all the, all the boys bang bars a little bit. So it's usually, it's, it's usually like a Moto America national during those race weekends. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, uh, to be able to ride around you know, that level of talent at a, at a club race without the kind of pressure of a Moto America round or whatever the case is, you kind of just get to go out and have fun and, and whatnot. But that's, that's our free time. That sounds like a really good time. And I bet it, me- it means bragging rights for some dudes who really enjoy holding them <laughs> over one another. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're racers, you know, uh, obviously our kind of group of guys that work with JQ, we're all really, really close friends, but everyone gets to kind of beat up on each other, depending on who's fastest for that, for that time period, you know, so you're, only, you're only as good as your last race. And that, that's who, the guy, who, the guy who's good. The last one gets to talk a little bit of crap for the next, uh, next few weeks in between, you know, 
but it was it was cool last this this last uh race we did out there actually jp lined up with us um he had like a, a kit spec super stock spec zx10 that he he got from kawasaki to the little race and so he, he was lined up against there against like michael gilbert i think i don't know if jake lewis is at that one but there was travis wyman there was there was like a handful of us all out there and, and jp was he's fast for an old guy <laughs> he lined up and we, we kind of battled back and forth a little bit which is really exciting to be able to say you know like i said he raced my uncle i guess almost 30 years ago now <laughs> so to be able to ride with him myself and obviously he's still fast enough to be competitive is pretty cool you know so if you're uh, if you're uh, play riding with Travis Wyman, I hope you're not looking over your shoulder too much because he's uh, he's chasing you down in Superstar and Stock One Thousand also. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, Travis is is always kind of one of those guys that you don't know uh, if he shows up on the weekend, he's he's going to be brutally fast, and and uh, just just depends if they have any issues with the bike or, you know, I think for him he's just been battling being healthy for a long time. But Travis is one of my my good friends as well. You know, we've we did the Red Bull Rookies Cup together in 2008, you know, so we've kind of grown up together through the years. And uh, it's always, like I said, you never know what, what, what Travis is going to show up to the track on the weekend. And that's the last few he's, he's shown up and that's, that's when he's really impressive. So yeah, he's, he's closing in, but you know, honestly for me, Jake, Jake is my, my focus at the moment. I really, you know, I think him coming back and, but obviously having been in a super bike at one point on, on a factory team, you know, he's kind of a good benchmark if you, if you can run with him and, and uh, challenge him, then, you know, kind of, I think from an outsider's perspective, it puts you at a different level, potentially not that there's a ton of rides, but that's kind of, that's where my mind always is. is I want to be putting myself out there in the best position. If somebody is have a super bike seat, open up or whatever the case is that, that they're looking at me, you know? Absolutely. And you, you have put yourself in that position. Do you do a lot of other uh, disciplines of riding as, as part of your training or off training time, either one? Honestly, like as of lately, I, I have such little free time to go and actually ride. And uh, being in New York isn't necessarily the most rider-friendly state to, to live in. <laughs> From that perspective, I live near the city in New York. So it's like, you know, I don't have motocross tracks all around me or, or even really nearby whatsoever, like if you're in California or some other places. So, you know, that part of it is a little bit tough. But I ride Supermoto. There's a track up by us, um, Oakland Valley Race Park. And fortunately, they're, they're super cool. You can go up there any day during the week. But just for me, like I, I actually run, I actually run our whole program. So uh, Richie Escante is my teammate and, uh, and whatnot, but I'm kind of responsible for all the logistical stuff and flights and making sure our semi is getting where it's got to go and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I have very little free time, unfortunately. I'm lucky if I get a workout in every day. Well, as long as you're not the guy who has to drive the truck, uh, doing everything <laughs> else is a lot of work though. We know from uh rider team owners, uh, team managers that are riders, it's, it's a lot of stuff. So you do the, you do the campaigning for sponsors every year, renewing every year, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of that right now. You know, we're trying to look ahead next year and then even beyond, you know, to try to try to understand how we can continue to build a program that, that'll last with today's climate, with the way sponsorship works and things like that. I mean, literally everything I write, the press releases, send the press releases out. You know, I'm working on sponsor decks right now. And today, before I got on the phone with you guys here, I'm working on a really cool project for New Jersey, for New Jersey Rams. I'm sure you can probably figure it out considering it's it's 9-11 weekend. Um, so we're going to do something really cool for that that I haven't really released yet. But I've been doing all the design stuff for that and getting that locked down with t-shirts and bike design and stickers. It's a little bit of everything. <laughs> So I know in your spare time, the HV and the HVMC is the Hudson Valley Motorcycles. That's family-owned business, Corey, that you're uh, in your spare time working at, I think? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh my grandfather started that in 1966. So it's it's my grandfather's finally finally basically retired. I mean, he's still there pretty much every day, but he just kind of stops in to make sure the place is still standing. You know, COVID, we kind of had to make him stay home and and stop coming into work, so force him into retirement a little bit. So it's it's really my uncle and my my dad are are there running the show pretty much full time. Richie, my uncle, you know, is still very involved in the racing. So he, luckily, I'm I'm able to steal him away on the weekends to come and come and help me manage things. But this year, honestly, I've, I've like I said, I've had such little time, so I'm not not at the dealership too much. I do I do a lot of the marketing stuff, and as much as I can, that doesn't uh, tie me tie me to the dealership. That I'm able to still kind of leave and, and race and, and spend the time on on things that I need to do for that. So it, it's unfortunate because I have a place I can go back to no matter what. And if I need to make a paycheck or something like that, I can go work for, for a few weeks uh, as, long as, they, as long as they're happy to have me back. <laughs> Can't imagine they wouldn't be, Corey. Uh, as our time wraps up, uh, it's been wonderful talking to you, man. Is there anybody you would like to say thank you to? We definitely want to give you a chance to thank any sponsors you haven't already or you want to give a double down to. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, definitely appreciate you guys doing what you do. You know, our sport needs more more of a kind of light illuminated on it. And that's what you guys are doing. So I really appreciate what you guys do. And and then, uh, yeah, obviously to our team, all of our fans and supporters and customers at the dealership uh, that really make this whole thing possible. The industry is kind of blown up this last year, which has been, been cool to see. And uh, even more so just the, the viewership and what Motor America has been doing. So Thanks to those guys. But yeah, the whole Honos HVMC racing team, obviously Graves Motorsports, Truckwalla Valley Raceway, uh, New Rage Cycles, which is a, a fender eliminator company. They're, they're located in, in Westchester, right by our dealership. They're a very big supporter of mine. We have so many different people. Like I was saying, I, I work really hard at bringing in sponsors and things like that. So it's not like I've got one big corporate company that's paying for everything. It's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of help from a lot of different people. So I really appreciate all you guys. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's our pleasure. We love watching you race and can't wait to see you uh, at the upcoming rounds. I'll be down at Barber, so hopefully we can catch up there uh, when you're not busy, busy, which will probably be about Sunday night, midnight. <laughs> yeah, well, we got the banquet on Monday, so maybe uh, maybe find me then. I might I might have a, a few cocktails or something like that, so you might, might get a little bit more out of me. <laughs> hey, you, you're speaking my language. That's what I'm good at. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later, Corey, and good luck in the final two rounds. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We'd like to thank Corey for spending time with us today on Pit Pass Moto. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, who was the first American to win the international six days enduro? Name the rider and the year. The answer is, of course, Ryan Sipes, who won the event in 2015, the first American to claim the overall individual win. Team USA went on to win the team event in 2016 and then again in 2019. Impressive stuff from uh, all of those racers. In upcoming racing, we've got AMA Outdoor Motocross at Ironman Raceway in Crawfordsville, Indiana, August 28th. MXGP of Turkey, September 5th and September 8th. American Flat Track at the Springfield Mile, Springfield, Illinois, September 3rd. World Superbike, the Moltool Round at Magny Sauer's France, September 3rd through 5th. Got Moto America coming up at New Jersey Motorsports Park, September 10th through 12th. We have the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, August 29th.
Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Dave Selecki. We'll see you next week. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.